Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tim and Guy here, and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, Season 5. This season, we are watching the French-originated softcore pornography series, Emmanuel. Because why not? These films contain some anachronistic and downright problematic scenes from time to time. Which we will not be discussing to keep our podcast a stupid and friendly place to be. Also, you do not need to watch these films, as always. So just enjoy the show. We're watching the movies, so you don't have to. Happy listening, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of a brand new season of Sexual Exploits. That's right. And film. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. As I once sang at the chapel of the Anglican school that I spent my formative years from five to 18. Let's do a slight retrospective and take stock. The year is 2014 in the month of February. Guy Montgomery has just been fired from TV because they pulled the channel that he was working at off the air. I wasn't fired. That's you- the biggest version of fired there could be. You did so poorly at your job that they torpedoed the entire station. Yeah, I guess. The network remained. I guess nothing. That's what happened. These are facts. This is on the historical record. You yeah. can check it on Wikipedia. Fucking lay it on me, bro. So... What happens next? Tim and Guy, who had struck up a pretty plucky friendship through the course of that show, with Tim coming in to review public restrooms, a la The Lou Review, on every Monday evening, plugging it like it still exists. It's been gone for six years. Check it out on YouTube. <laughs> Gotta get those views up. So we're like, we want to do something. And that thing was the worst idea of all time. Grown Ups 2, 52 times, week after week, we did it. Sex in the City 2, 52 times. Week after week, we did it. We are your friends. 60 times? Because you're a fuck. Yeah, we did it. Sex in the City 1, or Sex in the City, the movie, 52 times. We did it. 
Home Alone 3, as the world looked on from quarantine. Ten times? That feels right to me. We did it. An emergency season. Cats. Seven times in seven days. We did it. Dr. Doolittle. Three times, one day, one cinema. We We did it. did it. And now, we turn our attention to the Emmanuel series. It's uh, a series of French... Softcore pornography films that I was introduced to as a teen on a channel called Sky One, which is Sky was like our shitty primitive version of pay-per-view, which has grown into a, a proper version of cable television. But this was back in the days of these very hokey consoles. There was a card that had to be plugged in for it to work. The remote was very unresponsive. Famously terrible remotes. (laughs) Very scary stuff. So every Friday at midnight, Sky One used to have these after-midnight screenings of various different softcore pornography franchises. If you were lucky, you'd have a Sky console in your house and everyone in your house would go to bed around 10, 10 10.30, 11 p.m. If you were somewhat lucky but less lucky, you'd have a friend with a console who would organise sleepovers on Friday and hopefully everyone in their house would go to bed around 10, 10.30pm. Can not stress this enough? This was not pre-internet days, but this was at a time when we were dealing with dial-up modems. The, the ways that people were consuming their pornography, hiding magazines, magazines in a park. I remember at one point I was... This would have been in the early days of the internet, um, of my relationship with the internet. We, of course, you know, we had the family computer. Everyone had to be out of the house for you to use the family computer for your disgusting, nefarious deeds. The family computer. What a concept. And I remember, um, truly what a concept. How's everyone going to get what they need out of that one computer? I know. If people got to have their own computers. It could do a lot less back then, though, as well. But you, I, would, I played a game of Tetris where I would control... You know, I love Tetris. I used to play it on my Game Boy. Tetris Blast. And uh, I, I turned my hand to the pornographic world of Tetris, where if you if you saw, if you you cleared all the lines, then a sort of pixelated version of a, a semi-nude lady would render itself... Where the shit did you get that? Crispy. H- I mean, God knows what sort of weird 8-bit pornography sites I was poking around That's for this insane. to be how I wet my toes in the waters of sexuality. But it was this working in tandem with these after-midnight screenings of... There was another one called the Switch or the Remote or Click or something where there was a Click's remote... the Adam Sandler thing. Well, yeah, I, obviously, I, I vividly remember masturbating to that furiously. Yeah, we all do. But there was another friend. Was, we there all was, remember there was you a, masturbating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was disgusting. There was a remote that controlled the, the sexual impulses of one of the characters. Emmanuel was a softer French version of a, 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 a pornography franchise. This is not penetrative pornography. This is... Uh, very artful, almost tasteful. I think it got less so. We've just watched the first one. 1974, I believe, is the year of release. 77? I thought it said it on the very legal way we watched the movie in the synopsis. Uh, no, this is 19, This is 1974. Oh, very big, the, pardon. Well, I, because the other film that we were legally trying to watch legally... Was the uh, third one, yeah, which was nineteen seventy, and that's what I said it in the. So this was the we watched the first film in the Emmanuel franchise, mm. directed by a French director whose name is, and I'm not kidding, Just Jacquin, Just Jacquin, yeah, uh, and 
It is a film about a a young French woman whose husband works for some sort of French embassy in Bangkok, Thailand. She travels. It's not explicitly clear the purpose of the travel, whether or not it's specifically to see him or to travel to Bangkok and have her sexual horizons opened and explored. It has a 90 minute and 34 second runtime, and it, on the whole, pretty great movie. It's quite fun to watch. Fun to watch because it had a lot of cool, like, 70s stuff in it. Like, um, really cool old music. Yeah, beautiful music. Uh, also... Uh, soft focus. Soft focused. Soft... Kind of that, that sort of vase on the lens glow that I think we're going to see for a lot of these movies. Where everything looks just a little bit kind of... It was nice and sort of dripping in sexy nostalgia for a time I don't remember and a place I have not been. Sensuality. But in essence, Emmanuel travels to meet her beautiful French, beautiful and horny French husband, who he sort of purports to be all about open sexuality and you know love is pleasure and we must continue to explore the depths of pleasure He's to a truly bit of a hedonist. realize our love. I thought he was fifty. And she announces that he's 32, and I am 32, and uh, I took it as a real personal Well, of front. course. You're not, you know, spearheading some sort of open-minded sexual exploit, you know, carnival at a French embassy in Bangkok. <laughs> I'm not. It has a, a certain look to it. It takes years off Yeah, you. you're in a fucking podcast studio in Greyland, Auckland, New Zealand, with me having watched a softcore pornography. And these soft at hands haven't had. the crisp had. time of 10.30 a.m. <laughs> on a Day's Thursday week. morning. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose analysis of the film is... You know, it's a pressing issue. It's essentially what brings us together as we journey through this franchise. Yeah, we're going to watch all of these. There's 50 or so. It's a lot. It's a lot of Emmanuel. And I wonder, is it like Bond, where it's kind of all called Emmanuel and the lead is Emmanuel, but they don't necessarily stitch together perfectly? But but it's almost exactly like that. But I believe that the franchise is paired off or paired down and taken to America. And so while Mm. they're technically canon Emmanuel films, the further along you go... They're shitter. I happen to know that the franchise makes it into space. Yes. I don't know what language they speak in space, but I imagine that there'll be some Americanized versions of the franchise. I actually was just in researching this uh, in Italy. They uh, were such fans of the film... That they wanted to capitalize on the international popularity of it by making a similar product that could be made cheaply. And to navigate copyright, they created a series called Black Emmanuel and changed the spelling of, of Emmanuel. Oh. And then also there was a British, uh, there was a, <laughs> do you know there's a parody of this movie? No. So there's a long standing uh, film series called the Carry On franchise, which are these British comedy pictures. They made 31 of them from 1958 to 1992. So after the Bond films, this is the second longest running series of British films that mm. have been created. And they made a Carry On Emmanuel film, which wow. has been uh, widely regarded as one of the worst movies ever ma- Like it, 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 It's even- quite hard to do a parody of a softcore porn. Do you know... Okay. Here's a question. This movie that we've just watched, would you describe it as an erotic film or as softcore pornography? Because I would actually say that this 
film is erotica. It's it's got a storyline and people are good at acting and there's lots of good technical elements what's of the, filmmaking all brought uh, together. What's the storyline? Hero's journey of a young woman named Emmanuel expanding her sexual horizons through a series of at times anachronistic and outdated methods which we uh now would clearly identify as bad and wrong um but also taking uh some confidence and um gusto into the whole affair herself she, she, and leading the charge she throws herself Passion a lot of women playing a lot of squash figuring out what you can eat in thailand get on a boat chuck some foe in your face um, hook up with an archaeologist who is a woman. Yeah, she she throws herself into the waters of sexual exploration with with admirable gusto. And I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I I struggle to maybe it is erotica. I mean, I, there's beyond a character exploring their own sexuality through a, a variety of um, sex you know sex scenes. There is no other storyline, you know. So in that in that respect, I think it might be softcore pornography because the express purpose of the story is to put Emmanuel in as many situations as possible for her to enjoy her sexuality. Yeah, but I don't think that's what pornography pornography is is what you designed to. It's something pornography. Yeah, it's something designed to jerk off to, <laughs> or flip your bean to, or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, but this, this I feel like isn't that. It provides opportunities for you to jack it if you wish, gentleman's choice. But it, I suppose the difference is that once, hypothetically, once you finish jacking it, yeah. Instead of uh, closing the laptop screen and shivering in shame, shivering, you, in shame. you you continue to watch the film for, you know, the for the story. Which I, I'll personally say, last time I watched a, a pornographic video. I did not stick around to see how things shook out well, you did after this time, I was finished. Which I think makes it erotica. I wanted to know what happened to her, like what was going to happen with her and her husband. So, there, okay, so it starts with her and her husband, and then there's a selection of women who are sort of almost deputants, these um, French women who live in Bangkok, and they just sort of lay about not doing a lot. And that really irks Emmanuel. She sort of has the desire to fill her, her time and her days with something else, something with a bit of meaning, a bit of adventure. And so off the back of that, she kind of goes out and, and, and seeks out something else. And her husband, uh, I think, puts her in touch with the selection of other women. Um, and then eventually her path crosses with this guy whose name I never captured. But he's sort of... Uh, Mario... The, oh, older, yeah, the older gentleman. That's right. Yeah, the old yeah. guy. Not a gentleman guy. He makes two young Thai boys beat the shit out of each other, and then the victor gets to have sex with Emmanuel because suddenly she's like his ward for about yeah, a third of the movie. He, he essentially sort of marches her around the... It's this, very Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, having the, not seen or read any of that franchise. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty gnarly. He marches her around the back streets of Bangkok, sort of in the under the banner of... Uh, Helping her realise the the full extent of her sexuality. This guy's against monogamy. He thinks you've got to cast aside the Hates idea it. of couples. But that's just a French thing. He, he keeps saying that a third person has to be introduced with force. Mm. He's insistent. I don't fully know what that means this. either. 
Uh, I am afraid that I might, <laughs> and it's disagreeable in the most high. But I feel like they do it at the end, and all three people seem to be there by choice, not force. Yeah, maybe the, I wasn't paying close enough attention. I just, it's, it's he a, takes it to an opium den. That was fun. Yeah, he takes it to an opium den where he sort of. Oh, gets, and then it gets not yeah, fun. He gets scene. her high it on opium, fun, and then it ends not fun. In my limited research I've done between watching the film and recording this, which was about half a minute on the Wikipedia page, there was uh, not outcry, but there's this has been analysed by. Uh, Feminist scholars, this text. Oh wow, really? It represents something more than just a skin flick. Like this is a mm. this, this is from saying it's erotica. Well, there was this was a commercial success. This film. Uh, well, yeah, it spawned like forty nine sequels. Must have it, been a success on, underneath box office. It says it made eleven point five million dollars in the United States. Like Roger Ebert reviewed this movie. Wow. This is how the movie was released. Was beyond just being. A porno. It was yeah. like this is a movie. Yeah. It also under box office has listed eight million eight hundred ninety three thousand nine hundred ninety six thousand uh, admissions in France. Cool tickets sold. I guess eight million tickets sold just in France. How many people are in France in the seventies? That's awesome. I, it sounds like a lot of them. That's twice the population of New Zealand. Heading down to the cinema um, just to see Emmanuel. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. What I like about this movie as well is that um, the actor portraying Emmanuel is undeniably 
good looking very attractive woman but she's constantly just like the movie at every turn has to tell you how beautiful how like unworldly beautiful she is yes this film is populated by beautiful people but emmanuel in particular is singled out for her beauty uh essentially anyone who comes across emmanuel has an overwhelming desire to bed her and she in turn the relationship like the there's some sort of point of contention between her and her husband where her husband says, Hey, I'm a cool guy. I got an I'm open a cool mind. guy. I got a mustache. I'm thirty two years yeah, old yeah. and I look like I'm fifty, but very and debonair. My my wife fucks who she wants, I fuck who I want, and we're both adults. We're both totally cool about it. And then And he drives a possibly MG midget, which is painted the wrong colour. It's like a puke lime. It's not a puke lime. It's a sort of um it's not puke lime, it's lime. I like that car. I'd drive that car. I got a moustache. <laughs> I'm about to turn 32. It's a cool car, but it's the wrong colour, is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is the colour is why the car is so cool. Uh, okay. Anyway, there's a point of continuum where he says, hey, I do what I want, you do what we want, we're both cool. <laughs> I do what I want, you do what we want. Yeah. And uh, eventually, Emmanuel takes him up on this and sort of pulling at these loose threads of sexuality and wanting to find herself and have an experience. Uh, she runs off with this woman who is, when she's first introduced to what Tim describes as a debutante, this sort of bevy of beautiful French women who I believe are cast as the husbands of various different French emissaries who live in Bangkok. Yeah. Uh, there's one on the other side of the pool, and Emmanuel says, who's that? And one of them says, that's B. That's B. We don't talk to B. And yeah. Emmanuel is... She says she's, she's not part of our group. Yeah. She's drawn to B, and eventually her and B, she the, her first genuine expression of freedom in Bangkok is instead of returning to the house as she does every night for dinner with her, her husband, he, her and B, she's like realizing herself within the freedom. She says, hey, I'm free to do what I want, and she goes away with B, who's an archaeologist, the only working woman in the group, and they go to her site of archaeology, which appears to be building a house somewhere out in the sticks of Bangkok, Yeah, and instead of letting B do her job, she seduces her. And they have It's a very like Christmas Jones version of being a archaeologist if if you are familiar with the Yeah, Bond I films. understand that the archaeology unions were absolutely up in arms upon the release of Emmanuel uh for They felt misrepresented well, and I don't think they've been as cross as that until Indiana Jones came out and they went, We do not use whips, it would break the stuff we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to find. Something we don't do is we don't just allow anyone to come into our sites and seduce us. Yeah. And we don't use whips. We don't use whips. We use guns. It's the 90s, 80s. Well, in this case, it's the 70s. And today. But when when she is finally exploring her freedom, the husband who's presented himself as being quite a cool, open-minded guy all of a sudden gets quite terse, and he's frustrated. He's upset. But then he almost does some growth in exploring and realizes it's unreasonable of him. And when she comes back, to go on this uh, sort of getaway overnight with B, who she's sort of... Emmanuel's become quite obsessed with she blows off a date with this older sort of figure Mario and Mario shows up we don't see this it's explained Mario mm. shows up to the house when she's gone and the husband sees him and goes she's not here Mario goes oh damn and he goes it's okay come back another time when she's here and so she returns from her affair with B where she falls in love with B within a night and B says I like you which means I don't want to hurt you but it means I don't love you and Emmanuel is humiliated and she returns home and her husband says, hey, I know what you need. You need to go out with this fucking guy, Mario. He's going to he's gonna fucking, he's going to, he knows. 
and then she does and that's when we get to the the already described scene of mario sort of ushering emmanuel through the the back streets of bangkok taking to an opium den taking her to a to dinner to, th- to dinner to thai boxing what do you think of squash i want to play it yeah i want to play it in the way i imagine it's played which it, is it's portrayed in a very particular way in this yeah film. i want to Would, play it the way that we play like the way that people in normal society play squash which is two rackets a ball a scoring system that's all in place and i also wouldn't mind playing the version represented in emmanuel which is two beautiful french women <laughs> fingering each other on the court <laughs> um what else is depicted in the film we've got squash we've got driving uh thai boxing yeah, looks quite crazy. They had these big gloves, big huge gloves, like a rock'em sock'em robot. Or um, do you remember those toys when we were kids where you could get those big inflatable gloves and beat the shit out of each other? Yeah, I, yeah. They I were, never had them, but I always wanted them. Those toys aren't mm. they just gloves? No, they're like inflatable, inflatable gloves. Ones. You blow them up, and they were they massive, more... like as big as your head. Oh, okay. Would they hurt more or less? I was wondering that. That seems more dangerous than just boxing gloves. Yeah, I think you could be right on that. Uh, Yeah, it's, I mean, like, is this what you remembered from the snatches of watching pornography as a child? This was way better. Is that because you're more mature and so you're watching it with a a more open mind than just wanting to see a glimpse of nipple, a, a, a touch of... Pubis. I reckon I was watching the space ones, maybe. Mm. Or the, something, the later ones. Maybe not the space ones exactly. But this one, like, it, it undeniably problematic content within. And that actually seems like a um, not strong enough word for some of the scenes that are in here. But there's like two or three things that are definitely very bad and across the line. But the rest of it is um, I think quite like tastefully that the whole thing's in French, which maybe just elevates any film to I, have the entire know, thing I, in French. I'm a softer critic on foreign language films because if people are speaking in English, yeah. I can be as judgmental of their performance as I like because I understand it. But if they're speaking in a foreign language and I'm reading the subtitles, in general, it will loosen my analysis. Like It's harder to know whether or not there's a, a duff delivery on a line in a language you don't speak. I guess that's true, but acting isn't just talking. Mario is, he's, in, he, he's fucking, I bought it. Oh, you bought Mario? I bought Mario. I actually, I really hook, enjoyed, line and sinker. I enjoyed the performance of Emmanuel. Yeah, who, she was very good too. Uh, she's played by uh, a woman named Sylvia Crystal, who is a Dutch actor and uh, is best known for her role within the Emmanuel franchise. Yeah, I would expect that to be true. She went on to star in how many of these? A lot. It is like the Bond thing. She probably took out Seven. the most. She is the Sean Connery. I know. She's best remembered as the eponymous character in five of the seven Emmanuel films. Five of the seven? Right. So, so this is before it starts spinning off and branching out so and there's, getting all yeah, freaky So there's seven of these French ones. And I, I also know from my limited research that just Jacqueline uh, hands over the directorial reins to a friend of his. He didn't want to become the director of the Emmanuel Oh, franchise and okay. so he he hands over to someone who he's obviously approved as as being capable of continuing to realize his vision i want to know about the continuity of the franchise i want to know if exactly. emmanuel's the same is the husband the same i would love to know if we get visits from minor characters coming through in the other movies does mario pop back up in the background of, of plots for the future ones maybe he's in space and he gets trapped outside because he's working on the paneling and the lock 
freezes up and he can't get back in the ship and he dies out there and everyone's grieving and they get real fucking horny because they hold a little funeral for him. People grieve in interesting ways. Yes, they do. We're um, confusing animals, we is. I'd like to introduce a segment I've just thought of. Yeah. Boner Patrol. Okay. Any boners? Not from me. Neither. Mm. There's almost a whisper of a boner at one point on the plane. But the, the, oh, we got to talk about the plane. First of all, can I say I hate this segment? Second of all, let's talk about this first class experience. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you why you hate the segment because I have 50 opportunities to do that <laughs> as the podcast moves forward. Um, so the the plane sequences, uh, I mean, again, it's sort of like they're all these people are just constantly throwing themselves at Emmanuel and and push like. I feel like she travelled to Bangkok not for the express purpose of exploring her sexuality, but upon arrival, the cast of characters she meets all impress upon her the importance of exploring her sexuality. And this, there's a, a young woman from the group of French debutantes named Ange Marie. Ange Marie, and uh, she 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 immediately takes a liking to she loves lollipops Emmanuel. and she loves to fuck. Yeah, Emmanuel is skinny dipping in the pool. Ange Marie sees this. She takes her clothes off. She goes skinny dipping in the pool. She swims up to Emmanuel. She says, I'm going to visit you tomorrow afternoon. And Emmanuel says, okay. And then she arrives. They get to talking. And out of nowhere, really, Ange Marie just starts masturbating. And she says, do you like to touch yourself? Yeah. And Emmanuel says, yes, but not now. Yeah. And, and then, then she does anyway. Yeah. And then Ange Marie says, have you really not cheated on your husband? And she says, I said I haven't cheated on my husband in Paris. <laughs> and I love that. She's sort of like, it's her, she sort of gently places her hand upon her thigh. And then all of a sudden we're cast back into this dream sequence where she's flying on this very lush spacious first car, first class uh, plane seat and she's there's a, a sort of a, 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 a very comely gentleman who's sitting you know in the row in front of to the left and they keep making eyes at each other and she goes and gets a blanket and she pulls the the small blanket to cover yeah. herself and she pulls it all the way up to just beneath her eye line mm. and exposes her bare legs and sort of keeps looking at him like hoo and then this guy's like, oh, I know what's happening here. And I get this. With, I understand. Without this is. pausing, without any consideration for the other passengers who have paid a pretty penny to be flying first class, they just begin fucking now, then and this there. This is something that I got wrong about what the Mile High Club was because my reckoning with it was that you had sex inside of a toilet usually somewhere that's cut off or maybe um if you were an air hostess you had access to some sort of area if your cabin crew not gender specific you had access to some areas that other people didn't i did not realize that if you're in first class you just fuck on the seat in front of everyone else in first yeah, class yeah you pay for the, the rich rights. are different from you and i absolutely they act different they fuck different and they fly different they do fuck different one thing I will observe about softcore pornography, we've got to close the the uh, sort of airline experience because there's a whole other subset of sex that happens in first class. Mm. But one thing I've observed uh, in this film is that softcore pornography does not care for the ordinary physics of penetrative sex. No. Every scene in which it's suggested sex is happening, it's impossible to look at without thinking, there's no way that penis is hitting that vagina. That's good storytelling, though, because it means you can kind of get better angles of everything else. Yes. Like, you can get people of different heights and but their heads it, can it be at the same place. It you know? opens the exciting possibility that 
the version of sex and the reason that all of these people are on a constant quest for sex in this movie yeah, is they're not actually all of them sex. are virgins. Yeah. None of them have figured out how to do it. <laughs> and they just keep slapping yeah. the, the pubic bone above everyone's genitalia into you one know, another. I think there's a lot of evidence to support that in this movie. Waiting a lot of facial expressions off. that do not match up with what they don't, uh, I would yeah. observe as what an orgasm looks like when it's happening. It's, More like sweet. It's like being sweaty and being annoyed by a mosquito yeah. for an extended period and then the mosquito leaves. It's like they're thinking about what it would be like to reach the throes of ecstasy while instead being like, why doesn't this feel as good as I want it to? While Mario's thrusting his penis into a belly button. Yeah, so anyway, we've got uh, this gentleman comes over and Emmanuel and him just absolutely dry hump the shit out of each other on a plane. And then there's another guy at the back of the plane who's watching this happen thinking, that's not how you have sex. I know how you have sex. And after Emmanuel and the first gentleman have finished, he walks up to Emmanuel as she dozes in a sort of frustrated not quite post-coital you know faux nap lifts her up takes her to the bathroom and then performs his version of dry humping Mm. in a bathroom different but also wrong and then the that entire reminisce ends as we come back to the present day and emmanuel sits opposite Ange marie and they've both sort of masturbated themselves into a stupor. Oh, she's fallen asleep, hasn't and she? And they're just sleeping. It's a nice um, day with a little breeze going through in Bangkok in their uh, hut. Yeah, that they're staying in. It's a gorgeous scenario that they've. It's a, the, they've the, got. Set, the, the locations are very lush. Like the film is is beautiful. It's beautifully shot. The people who populate the film are beautiful, and it all flows together. It's mm. not a painful watching experience. I mean, you know, God knows what direction this franchise will take us in. God knows why we're exploring the entirety of a softcore pornography franchise. Only time will tell. I literally only remember in passing from skimming through Sky One pornographies after midnight, mm. Friday. Mm. Mm. Time will tell. If you had to give this movie a score out of 715, what would you give it? Uh, 600? It's pretty generous. It's it too high. About it's, right. it's too high, but... You know, what about we score... 585. 585. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to the first entry into the Emmanuel franchise. So there's obviously, there's seven of this original block, which are canon, and from there, God knows what little tributaries and, uh, you know, branches of of this particular version of softcore pornography we're going to be uh, launched into. But it's very exciting to be here on the on the Emmanuel train and so concludes the first episode of O Come O Come Emmanuel is that what we're calling it? Absolutely not
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.